Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast. Uh, first proper podcast in a few weeks. Obviously, things have come up, and that's why it hasn't been as regular as it should be. And that's on me. I apologize for that. But we are back, and nothing's really changed, guys. <laughs> We're joined by Sam, Steve, and Melvin this week. Even it changed. We're winning games. I'm not used to it. What's going on? Other <laughs> guys scoring goals. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> no, got lots of nosebleeds this time. <laughs> All the height can't do the height. Yeah, I'm not used to this. It's been too long since we've been top of the four games. But yeah, um, as I was going to say, yeah, we, well, not much has changed. We've opened four games, 100% record, the only team in the league to be 100%, and that includes Man City. Eh? Thank, thank God for that. Could have been better for us if Capalis hadn't bottled it, but that is what it is. Another Norwegian breaking our hearts yesterday, bastard. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, I mean, we was it's a touching on. Go, we're going to go to yesterday's game and London derby. It was never going to be easy. Out of the three teams that have come up, Fulham looked from the, at the three teams the more ready, so we say, to go against us, the likes of us and Liverpool, etc. And they proved it, they proved it both times so far. Um, there's a bit more about them, so this is never going to be a walkover. But bloody hell, it should have been. The amount of chances we had in that game. I'm going to come to you, sir, Sam. What was your thoughts on obviously the game itself and how it played out, especially in that second half? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, overall, I thought it was a good game from us. We we had control, I think, of the game throughout. Um, but there was a little bit of a shaky period in that second half, wasn't there? And they, they got that goal. Um, and yeah, Mitrovic was a handful, wasn't he, for for us? In terms of his strength, I think he got the better of Gabriel a few times throughout the game. Um, you know, the big, big, uh, powerful forward he is. Um, and it's a bit strange with Mitrovic because when he was first in the Premier League, what, like two what, two seasons ago, mm. um, I remember a lot of people raving about him then as well. He didn't really do anything. Um didn't really have much of a season. And then he went back to the, down to the championship, scored 43 goals. And he comes back up now and he looks like a lot better player, doesn't he? I think he's obviously developed a bit and, and improved. And yeah, he's, he's, he's a good forward, isn't he? But um, no, I think, I think we, we overall, we, we handled um, them pretty well. I mean, we, we, we had, like I said, control of the game. But what I really liked was we, we finally showed, you know, proper mentality, um, you know, real good um metal by going down a goal in the second half was it about 60 something minutes or something we, we we went down one nil um and then to come back from there and win against fulham who as as we know have been a, a good team starting this season they're not bad at all they're, they're well organized you know with their with their manager who's who's doing a good job and um I think this is definitely a game where we last season we would have made we managed to do that in the second half to go down one nil last season. I think we would have struggled to get a draw, but to, to actually come back and win now, I thought was was very good. And I show again, as I said, it shows our much improved mentality. And to even do it without Thomas Partey and Zinchenko, both of them have been very key in our first three games. Um, I thought also proved pretty good, you know. So um, yeah, overall, I was I was quite impressed with the with, with how we managed to get through that game. Yeah, um, 
I think the main thing I took away from that was when we when we did go one nil down in the manner that we did as well, because it's a, a completely freak goal that we switched off for that moment, especially Gabriel, is the, the reaction, because he has gone by in the last few years, we go, oh, home or away, the score, we've, we've been a better team, and start licking our wounds there and then, and don't really react and, go, and try and get back into the game, yeah. as we should do. And straight away, the players were like, the fans literally were like, a bit shocked, but they went, okay, no, we'll get behind you again. And the players fed off that, and they kept feeding off it. And then when the when the goal goes in for Madagascar, the roof almost came off. He's not he's not going around. To do, it's it's one all got thirty what's it thirty odd minutes to go still twenty five minutes to go instead of running off and celebrating in the crowd and all. He's like no, yes I'm fucking happy. Come on and back the centre circle. Let's go again. We're not happy for the draw. We want the fucking win. And that yeah. that said it all. And for Gabriel to get the winner as well. Even who have to wait for a few seconds because of VAR bastards. Um, for him to often make the mistake, but then they had that redemption in the same game and win the game, and then literally everyone just piles on. Even Zenchenko, even not, it wasn't even a match day squad, appears out of nowhere and starts jumping on. But confuse the steward as well because it's one of, I sort of noticed one of the stewards come over and so I, is he is he a player? Is he not? Is he is he a civilian? Is he a civilian? You off? If you're a player, you're okay. It's just. That, I like that togetherness, and then the fans as well. The, the fans and Melvin have said because I believe he was there as well. They were from the get even before the kickoff. They were loud. They were intense. They made it a home fixture. They made it. They made it. Made. They made sure that this wasn't going to be a library as it's been branded over the last over the years. Um. And I love that. And in fact, the fact that at the stages, eight from like thirty fifth minute usually onwards, you see fans start to leave in their droves. Barely, I barely saw that yesterday. One or two people had did, but apart from that, everyone was still there. Ten minutes after the final whistle, which, which upset Richard Keys, as we know, and Mister Gray, fucking sexist twats that they are. Take notice of them. But hey. To the point that everyone else is defending us, which is a bit weird today. I woke up, Sky defending us, celebrating, BBC are celebrating us, celebrating. What's going on? To the point, <laughs> do they hate Richard Keys that much? <laughs> do we need Richard Keys to come out every week and complain about us for them? Well, to well, us? Why do we care about them? Though? I mean, they're outcasts. I mean, they were sent down to Qatar and be in sports down there because obviously they're. You know, both of them have said and done things they shouldn't have done, and mm. they're just outcasts now, aren't they? I mean, we shouldn't really—they're not even relevant anymore, are they? They're not. This is the thing. I think what's really annoyed people of our parts of our fan base was that we should keep like attacking our turf for no reason and oh, yeah. having to go in for doing things that everyone else does. But how no. dare we celebrate? How dare you be on the touchline shouting and screaming? No one can hear. Him, no one can do this. It's like if anyone else is okay. It's like he's like, taking personal digs, and that's what p p pissed people off. So people just threw it back at him about his um, history. So he's saying, I was one of them, but still, <laughs> Melvin. Um, <laughs> what about you? You obviously, as I say, you was there as well. You also talk about the atmosphere and all that, and how the fans reacted, even when we went one year down from that mistake. Well, yeah, again, similar to sleep a few weeks ago, it was a bit of a Okay, but it weren't sort of wasn't complaining, wasn't oh fuck, so da 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 da, like we've had in years gone by. It's again okay. We regroup and we started getting behind the team straight from the off again. But it's totally different. I mean, uh, we weren't uh, with Saliba. It has been changed. The fans are far more behind the players than they've ever been. 
which is great. The difference between Saliba's mistake and uh, Gabriel's mistake was Saliba's, um, Gabriel's mistake put us one behind, Saliba's didn't. So it slightly changed the format, but both times the fans were great. Um, I thought Gabriel, it was not so much that he made that mistake, but in the same game in the first half, he got a warning. Hmm. He, he lost the ball to Mitrovic in the first half, messing around. And if you, really, you want a footballer to learn by their mistakes, and he didn't, and that's a bit worrying, really. I mean, he's terrific, don't get me wrong. But that's a chink in his armour, he's not learning, because really, the warning signs were there. And going back to celebrations, I mean, you were there. The Fulham mm. fans and the players were absolutely mental when they scored. Mm. Fine, you can understand why. They weren't expected to get anything. They were looking like they were going to get a draw now. It looked like they could possibly nick a win. Mm. Against all odds, and, you know, a fighting performance. It was obviously worked out the way they were going to play and the way they were going to time waste. So that went the plan. So to say that Arsenal are celebrating yet, they don't mention Fulham. I suppose, I don't know. If you listen, if you read what Richard Keith said, it was bad enough, I read it. Then I had to listen to it, and there was real anger in his voice. Mm. It was, I would say, don't use this word a lot, it seemed like hate in his mm. voice. Where does that come from? What we, did we not sign him as a youngster then years ago? Because a lot of these footballers that do have this stone for us, you find out later, had a trial for us, and never quite got in. Like Jamie, uh, the one who had a go at that talk sport. What's his name? Jamie. Oh, Jamie Harley, yeah. Yeah, he, he had a trial for Arsenal. <laughs> and they obviously didn't go for him. So I just wonder if Richard Keyes was offered a, a compares job at Arsenal and then they turned him down last minute. But it's it pathetic, really. I mean, all the, all the big teams celebrate when they draw, let alone when they win. So another thing to keep figuring us out with. But, just keep winning and make them get angry all the whole time. There was, um, you know, to come back is brilliant. It was brilliant. We need a slice of luck for that deflection, but we're on the front foot the whole time after the goal. We weren't messing around. And as you say, we did have a slight and weakened team, and we still managed to do it. And it highlighted, really, though we probably didn't have to know anyway how Richard Kenko is at left back. He really is. Mm. An upgrade on Tierney. I know Tierney probably wasn't all that fit yesterday, but when you see Tierney turning inwards, backwards the whole time, apart from the first 10 minutes when he was galloping on, and you see Chinchenko, the way he, he plays the way up the left-hand side, takes his time, moves it around, you saw the difference. And really, I'm thinking, is there a case for, if Jacka can't play, you play Tierney in that left midfield role, and you play Chinchenko on the left-back role? Because uh, that could work. I mean, we did miss mostly passing we missed as well. But I think with um, Elneny, he's got some great performances in. But I think it's hit the ceiling with him. Because when you play away from home, it's the type of player you want to just stop the other team playing, hold it all together, yeah. get the ball and give it. But when you're playing at home, you need a goal. He's not you need that party, that party midfielder to push exactly. forward. Exactly, you need someone to give that ball forward and not always back to the centre half, back to the right back, back to the. Mm. And Stunty was found wanting a little bit. Um, I thought yesterday, but I said, I'm not knocking him. He's 100%, his heart's in the right place. 
But I don't think he's the type of footballer on a day like yesterday when we had to attack when we were one nil down. We didn't know we were one nil down. And I actually wanted when we went one nil down at half time for us to swap him over to say a convert just for getting a bit forward a bit quicker, getting the ball forward a bit quicker. Wasn't a beaver all things worked out in the end. And I was, I don't normally say after the game, but I stayed uh, about half hour after the game. I went to the Tony Adams uh, uh, statue. The statue, uh, yeah. Yeah, met a few people there. Brilliant. What an atmosphere. Fantastic. Yeah, and as I say, as in terms of the atmosphere, it can obviously about half hour before the game, you, you can feel it in the concourse. But for the first time, I've gone to a game when it's gone from the concourse, but it bleeds into when the players, when the players, when the fans are going into the stands to their seats or whatever, it's going into there now. It's going it continues, it continues all the way to the end, no matter what. And as we were seeing when we win, it can, as you say, it was still going half hour or so afterwards outside the stadium. And again, I'm like, and why can't we have happy fans? <laughs> why can't we have fans that celebrate a win for fuck's sake? I mean, seriously, if we can't enjoy a win at any point in the season, match day one, match day fucking 12, whatever, against it, I don't care who we're playing either. We can't play, who can beat and play who we're up against in the random order we've been given. So I don't get all this, oh, it's only for them, be newly promoted for them. Fucking joke, was it Tottenham the other week? Celebrate the stream, we played 10 minutes and played, celebrate the two all like won the Champions League. No one says anything about that. Ryan, there's very few only teams in the Premiership now. There used to be seven or eight teams you could just roll over. That's not the mm. case now. As someone says exactly. to me yesterday, who I respect, he says, Melody goes, teams, the lower teams are no longer as scared of the top teams as they used to be. And you can find in this season it's been like that. The only one that's mm. fallen over is born. Yes. After that, the others, they, they all fancy they got half a chance. There are hard teams, don't get me wrong, there's some bloody hard teams, we know who they are, especially with our record. Mm. But when you're playing the rest, the rest really are the rest, they're not in four or five mm. different categories in the premiership. Like no. no, exactly. And people, and certain pundits need to realise that and stop fucking digging certain teams out. For, basically, it's just being happy they got over the line, coming back from adversity in a moment of what we're going to throw a game away against a team that we usually do against as well, home or away, in the years gone by. As I say, the mental attitude, not just from Gabriel, from the team as well, was something I haven't seen in a long time. I've wanted for ages. And I can't, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, it's only, it was only Fulham and things like that. Because going into that game, I was, because of the three previous weeks, I've said going into this week, it was this was looking a hot, it wasn't going to be a 3 4 nil pumping. Of Fulham, this ain't the Fulham from a couple of years ago that came up and went back down again. Spinaco Silva's got this team drilled and got on working as a team and as a unit, and he's getting the best out of Mitrovic, something that Sully Parker couldn't do last time out. And I'm not gonna, it's a London derby as well, adapting equation, so I'm not gonna sit here and go, right, we've won, fantastic. But guys, we can't celebrate. We're not allowed to celebrate. Players, calm down. It's only Fulham. You can't, and they say you can't do that anymore. It's not like it's, as you say, top four, then another segments of the league. It's literally the, the best. And then the best, and then they say, they say, as you the best are from like fifth, like sixth, uh, sixth downwards, seventh, on, seventh onwards, are all literally, they could all beat us at any given time, and et cetera, and all that jazz. 
where um, I started, I started on Bournemouth because Bournemouth has come up with the whipping boys of this league this season because they ain't prepared themselves, and that's the only thing that's going to annoy me. You've seen the team that gets whipped every week because it's just like there's no competitiveness there. But in terms of us, I, again, I don't give a crap. I don't give it match day one or match day four or whatever or match day 12 or just before the, the game after the World Cup we play West Ham. If we win that, we celebrate. I don't give a crap. We, we're winning. And why can't we celebrate a win? And people are now saying, we, we deserve to be celebrating. We've gone through so much over the last X, how many years in terms of the end of Wenger's era, the Unai season and a half, and then the start of what has been the Arteta era in terms of him having to come in, inherit the mess from the Wenger and Emmy merger. And as uh, Ender says in the chat, literally grab all the roots of the crap and get rid of the rot. The rot that was in this club, you've got to take the hats off to Arteta, Edu and everyone at the club for getting rid of that rot. What is wrong with that? And we're literally to a point where we're now we're competitive. We're now a competitive team that's got a chance, a fighting chance of getting ourselves back at the main stage of Europe and going and being a competitive team to win major honours, hopefully touch wood. And people still people outside are still complaining. I mean, when it comes to rival fans, that just shows me that they are they're genuinely concerned what's coming. Because this team is still young. There's 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 there's, there's plenty of years. There's no uh, ceiling coming soon, basically, where they can hit the ceiling very, very soon. Is that the ceiling is so far away from hit being hit for this with this squad, and that should be and that's and right. So that's that should be gameplay is the way we've, we've come about things, especially in the attitude of the way the, the way the season ended, the way we threw it away in terms of the top four in the last couple of games of last season against Tottenham and Newcastle, respectively. For us to then come, dust ourselves down, come back, add a couple of additions in Zinchenko, Zayzus, uh, Fabio Vieira, uh, Bat Turner, and even Saliba's come in. Looked like, and we'll get into Saliba in a bit. And we've come back, but we've come back and we're beating teams that last season, or the ilk of teams from last season, we were dropping points home and away to. I mean, this time last year, we had literally, uh, after three games, we were. Nothing, we had nothing. We're bottom of the league, we're the laughing stock. So, I'm not gonna sit here and allow idiots out there that they got their own issues of fucking outcasting of god knows where, uh, standard earlier. Come and come at my club and my fan, the fan base that I'm part of, and my manager and attack us just because it's as it, I think Melvin touches on earlier. There's a hint you listen, listen back to if you want to of pure hatred towards. Arteta on the club, and I don't know why, but it is what it is. It just pissed, it just it genuinely did annoy me because it's just like just let us enjoy it for what it is. And I'm I've been saying for the last few weeks, not even my brother, I've been saying to my brother, I know I've been top of the league eight in the last forever. Man City are gonna win the league. I'm accepting of that. My my main point, my thing was top four, and in terms of the cups, we win a we can win a cup, beat an FA Cup or a League Cup along with doing well in the Europa League. Fantastic, there's improvement there. In terms of competing for the league, that's who going for it. I say next season's next season, as long as we get achieved our targets this year, next season's the year we start looking to start battling for the league. But if we start a year early, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm going to enjoy it for what it is, week in, week out. And no, 
sexist ex-pundit is banging his, his daughter's best mate is going to stop me from doing that. Anyway, rent over. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Steve, you've been three pages for the last 20 minutes. I'm going to let you get and have your say on what's, what's um, I don't know what to say, really, because, I mean, it's all been said, isn't it? But I, 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 I truly believe this team has got a different mentality about it than teams we've had before. You know, we've been losing games before and the players have been walking around the pitch and they've been knocking it about and there's no real urgency where this team is, you know, right from the get-go. They're right on it, aren't they? From the mm. kick-off. You know, they're actually going forward, looking for opportunities. And, you know, on another day, we, we scored two or three goals in that first half. We were always, we still seem to be trying to find that perfect ball rather than just hitting it sometimes. You know, there's a lot of opportunities whereby... We looked for a pass when we had an opportunity to shoot. You know, Lena, you know, we know Lena's a decent goalkeeper, a good shot stop as well. You know, I think um but we had opportunities to, to have won that game by half time. And of course all the time it's nil nil and we've got 70, 80 percent of the possession. They only need one chance and what Mitrovic scored forty odd goals last season in you know the championship. So he only needed one opportunity and once he got it he scored, didn't he? And, and that was Mm. But we just carried on. We, we we didn't let it phase us. We didn't panic. And, you know, Arteta was making substitutions and bringing on, you know, changing formations. But at the end of the day, we got the result. And I think last season, we probably lose that game last season. I think mm. we last season. We only came from behind once last season in the Wolves game. Yeah, and that's it. Actually, yeah, Wolves at home, yeah. You know, so... All of that is improvement, and as you say, four four games, four wins doesn't really matter when anybody else says it's our club. We celebrate the wins, um, and they can look up at us, can't they? Because that's where we are, you know. Liverpool, Man United, even City, you know, City came from behind. City gone behind twice, and they out of four games, mm. all right, come back. But um, you know, I think it's um, it's a different Arsenal, you know, and we've got players we can actually bring on now. To change the game, which we didn't have before. You know, first started towards the end of last season. You know, my only concern again is, you know, three games in and parties injured. You know, that, yeah. that is a worry. I think Zinchenko is more of a precautionary measure, wasn't it? Rather than a, mm. they both picked up something in training. Um, so, you know, whether or not they both play on uh, on Wednesday, and Villa, I don't know, but. Uh, and then he won't let us down. He's not, yeah, he's not as creative as the other players, but he'll do a job. He'll be keep our solidity. And um, at the moment, whatever we pay for Odegaard, I'm sure you know we should be sued by now because that was a steal. Whatever we paid for him was a steal. You know, and the fact we haven't paid any money for, really for Saliba. If we defend seventy million on Saliba and he's coming to the side, you think it was a cheap deal, wouldn't you? Mm. But um, so yeah, you know, just win the game. Let everybody else worry about whatever they want to worry about, but it doesn't, doesn't worry me, really. You know, I just watch the games and um, enjoy the wins. Yeah, exactly. And touched on another guy, Sam was... I remember this because I was just I was getting ready to come on and setting everything up. I remember uh, Sam, six months before we got him on loan, initially, Sam was on here saying, we need to be looking at Odegaard from Real Madrid and this yeah. is all the reasons why, what he would bring to us. And you're right, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> what else you can scout for us in Norway? <laughs> he's, 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 improving. he's actually improving every game now. He's adding goals to his game now as well, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's um, he said he, he wants to be a bit more direct with with his uh, end product. You know, he, he's normally always looking for a pass, but he, yeah. he needs to shoot more, and he has been doing that the last couple of games now. Um, but yeah, no, he just brings so much to the table, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's like the the beating heart of our attack. Um, you know, a lot goes through him. He's very good at uh, you know directing the attack. You know where the where the attack goes. Um, uses you know one two touches, keep the ball uh, you know going, um, keep up the tempo in the attack, which is so good. Yeah, he's just become a very very influential playmaker and. Um, that's that's been in his locker all the time, you know. And um, as Gary Lineker was saying, was it last night on Match mm. of the Day? You know, you can't believe you know Real Madrid didn't see that in him. You know, they've let him. You know, the, 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 the troubles they've had in midfield now. You know, since since he left, basically, you know, he, he's basically saying you know, Real Madrid have made a big ricky letting him go to us, especially for that price. Um, Mm. Yeah, we're, 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 it's, a great, it's a great bit of business. And um, a lot of it's down to Arteta and Adu because he he does enjoy, I think, being at Arsenal with Arteta and Adu. And, and I think he sees the, the potential in the team and everything. So he wants to be a part of that. So that's, that's very good. And yeah, he's been very good for us. And as you guys say, uh, he's been improving um, mm. from season to season. He's just going to get better. And... Um, and it also helps have better players around him. I mean, like the likes of Jesus, mm. um, you know, it's a, a huge, huge upgrade in terms of his movement and the way he attacks and Lacazette, you know, uh, it's so much better. They get more out of that. And his link-up play with Saka has been, become very good. Um, and also with Martinelli. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot there more to come, I think, in terms of our... Attack. I think we need to get more out of Saka in terms of his finishing. I think he needs to be sharper when he finishes. And uh, the same with Martinelli. They just need to be a bit more sharper with their, with, you know, with their shooting. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll get more goals, you know. So because uh, we saw yesterday, we had a few chances we really should have scored on that we didn't. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, one of his biggest fans. You know, I've seen him since he was a youngster. Mm. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, you're preaching to the choir here. You know, with Odegaard, I've seen this come a long time. I'm just a bit. I, I, I would have loved to have seen Holland come to Arsenal, but we knew that was a bit beyond our reach. Mm. Uh, I could just see Holland and Martin Odegaard playing together. That would just be. That would just be. FIFA will try and ban it, you know, they try and make it illegal if those two play together. So, uh, no, I mean, it was, uh, it's been great to see it, really. And, and as a captain, it was lovely to see him finally take that, like, captain, um, you know, to show that the captain ability he has by taking the game by the scruff of the neck and showing the lads, like, okay, let's keep going, let's keep going. Then he gets the goal. Then he says, "Right, come on, think. Let's get this. You know, this is good. Go and score another." And he steps up and he gets the lads going, and we get the second goal. I think to, I think yesterday he showed um, his captain ability very well, and I think we're starting mm. to see that he is—he's the captain who does it on the pitch. He doesn't necessarily, you know, he's not a loud guy. He's not going to be very vocal. He's not going to be one of these guys you always see him talking about stuff all over and all that. But 
but he just he just he just does it on the pitch you know he shows the guys by example by always pressing giving 110 percent you know he, he'll be one of the players that, that runs the most during a game and then he'll do you know the, the passing the shooting and tell the guys he's always pointing telling them where to be directing on the pitch and that's the type of captain he is he does it through his play and uh long may that continue he very rarely gives the ball away does he yeah, he, he, the thing with what's so what's so fascinating with the way he plays is he plays with a hot what, what you know we say he plays with a high level of risk in terms of he's always looking at playing the ball forwards and mm. opening up play so his passes are more difficult and he's taking more of a risk every time he he is on the ball and and melvin was talking about el nenny earlier who is the opposite he he wants to be safe and that's partly tactical as well it's not just his 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 way of play which i agree is very you know a bit too safe a bit too over the top um you know conservative but that's also tactically the way you know he's, he's meant to keep hold of the ball and just make sure we recycle it but with erdegaard he you know he he's the opposite he's always looking to take that risk and to be able to be so accurate with his passing you know um at the same time he's doing that is, is you know just shows you how, how good he is and he really does he opens everything up when he switches when he goes from left to right switches up with those crossfield balls and that's you know it just opens up so much and brings our attack into into the final third and yeah it's, it's very effective and it's, it's great to watch i think going back to Oneni, i think he's um I think he's obviously playing to uh, instructions from Arteta, isn't he? I think Arteta's yeah. playing in there to actually give it to the guys that are going to be creative. You just recycle it, stay in the position, cover the back four, you know, and um, let the other guys do his magic. I, I think that's sort of his, his brief, really. And as you said before, he'll always follow, he'll always do what he's been told to do. So I think... Um, I mean, we've seen him score some absolute screamers, you know, goal-wise. So he's got a goal in it if he needs to. But I just think he's, you know, he's got a role to play in the side and, and that's it. I don't think it's necessarily a negative role. He's just doing some of the donkey work. Yeah, he's doing the donkey's work, like you say, El Nenny. And, and El Nenny will very rarely lose the ball, you know, he, he and he, he will he, he will keep the ball in the side. He's, he's, he's very good at always finding space to get the ball so you know if a defender has the ball they'll find El Nenny and El Nenny will be able to you know cycle it onto another midfielder or whatever and he's always in space which is very good and he's looking for the pass right I think that's both like, like you say Steve it's both tactical and also the way he plays he likes to play in a safe way and you need that I mean it's a good way of holding the ball and and and, and cycling the ball through through the team you know we can't have everyone trying to play you know cross field you know, direct. I mean, Zach, Zach is in the six yard box these days, isn't he? I mean, he's you know he's not actually yeah. in midfield that often these days, is he? No. So it's uh, but it's when you see now with what 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 difference players like Jesus brings to our attack. You know, he's just so dynamic, and he can get into so many more key positions than what Lacazette because Lacazette lacked that mobility for all the all the good he did dropping in, dropping back, and 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 you know, and and he, he had a high, you know, he he work quite well but he just didn't have that that work rate to to get into all the positions that Jesus does you know Jesus manages to drop back and still get into the box and get into all these scoring positions where Lacazette didn't and that's 
that is a huge difference we're seeing this season. Yeah, and, and Odegaard will pick him out, won't he? Odegaard will pick exactly. him out. Exactly. That ball we played off the top of Nketiah. That's Nketiah. I was saying Nketiah needs to learn how to finish better as well. Yeah, is doing very well in getting into his positions. And, you know, he's working well. And I think Nketiah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give him some time because you can see there is potential there. Mm. But he, he needs to improve his finishing. You saw that flick over from, from Odegaard. It was a fantastic over to him. Mm. Should have finished it first time you know you should have just whacked into the net instead of trying to trap it and that gave them all their chance to to get in get the way and stop him. yeah but that yeah. flick over was just i mean that was incredible the way he 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 managed to, to wait that pass over the defense i mean someone in the chat so there's a pocket uh melvin coming there's something in the chat saying uh, uh yeah stephen the arsenal misfit saying other guys giving us more in two games the last two games sorry the nurse will be the last time the years yeah, it's true. And it's because it's uh, we've got a guy, obviously, not just as he the creator side of him, but he's winning that shot we saw yesterday, that obviously gold, we've got to make the game. He's not afraid to take take a ticket at the lottery and hope for the best. Hmm. And another great thing with Erdogan as well, which is which is a part of his game that doesn't really get mentioned very much, is he wins the ball a lot as well. He actually hmm. tackles and wins the ball a lot yeah. high up the pitch. He presses high. And he, he wins the he gets hold of the ball and intercepts the ball a lot. He was doing you know, it non stop yesterday, I say, I say that much. You know, which 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 is an important part of our play. Mm. But yeah, He's Melvin had his hand up. Right. Go on, sorry. No, sorry, Melvin had his hand up before he wanted to say something about this. I rate Adagon highly. He's a pleasure to watch, not only his ability, but his foresight, his movement, his. He makes all the players go the wrong way. One movement of his shoulder and they all go the wrong way. Absolutely, you know, and he's all over. He's the guy that presses more than any other Arsenal player. He's the one. He's, he's everywhere. He's like little flies around them. But if I've got a criticism, and every player should have a criticism, they're not 100. But he has got one. Is that he takes the same chances when he's put the ball through to a forward as he does when he's just outside our penalty area. Time and time again, I see that once or twice yesterday. He lost possession, we didn't have to. Just outside our penalty, it looked quite dangerous for them, breaking just at like five yards outside the box. And that's when we looked, we looked at and under it, well, not pressure, but trouble. And he does that, and he's got a great ability, and he's got great confidence. But he should have a switch in his mind that says, I'm defending now. I won't do it, I won't take liberties that I know I'm good enough to do up. Because if that 10% chance happens, we're in trouble. Once he does that, and I'm sure he'll look at that. I mean, he's going, he's been on high in my estimation. So he ain't got far to go because he's near the top anyway. He's doing so well. But we've just got to be honest with ourselves. I don't know if you've noticed it. He does lose the ball in bad areas. But listen, mm. I'll, I'll take 11 Odegaards any day of the week. But I think we could, we could all do a bit of, um, you know, with uh, improving. Uh, one of the when you're talking about him taking a pop shot, that's good to see. But I'm finding there was a spell yesterday. I think three or four players went through. It was in the first half. Went through on the Fulham goal, and none of them. They all had the ball under control in the box, and none of them took a shot. No. And it was like, what is? Come on, you've got to do this now, boys. You've got to shoot. You can't score as we used to do the perfect goal. And that was very mm. frustrating. I mean, you give Fulham every chance to clear it after a while. And that's what they did. And we got to build again. You know, sometimes when you get a break, 
you've got to take advantage of it and not go turn back. And we were doing that. We were trying to make this little one touch, flick, 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 where if they had a clear, well, I thought from where I was, a clear side of the goal. Even if you haven't got a clear side of goal, it's worth having a pot shot. Look what Odegaard did yesterday. He may or may not have a clear side of goal, but he got the inflection and it went in. So, so that I think a couple of players, I mean, I'm, I'm not having a go, though, I swear, I'm just bringing up Saka yesterday. He yeah, it's taken a while to get into the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He got it on his left foot as well. He did so well. He did the hard bit. Got found himself in a great position. He was on his right foot, moved his body to get it on his left foot, and then for some reason just couldn't put it in. But he was one of the ones I was talking about that should have had a pot shot a couple of times and for some reason wants to give another pass. But, um, I mean, as a guy as with Saka, I think, yeah. He, he's so good at now. He's learned now. When he's got the defender on his back, he turns them so beautifully now. He's got he's got stronger, obviously, the last 12 months. He can turn them, hold it up. It's just that the worry with him is, is that he started now to not be able to beat the guy when he's on the right-hand side, which is his wrong leg on the outside. And it's more difficult if you're, if you're left-footed to beat someone on the outside. It's not natural and it's harder. And he was doing it for a season or, season or so. He's not doing it. I haven't seen him do it this season yet. When he used mm. to cast players on the right, he seems to all he wants to do now is like not confidence gone, but he just finds it's the easier way for him. Not easy, because it ain't easy. The easy way for him is to cut inside on his left foot. And that, when he hasn't got an, an overlapping guy, no white overlap, but not as much as Tommy. When it's a game where the white is not overlapping as much as a normal fullback. Mm. Struggle, and it's the wrong thing to do. But as I say, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. I'm just enjoying the journey. I'm just enjoying it. And where I'm not, I'm not actually thinking about where we're going to finish. If someone asks me, I'm telling where I think I've got a clue. None of that. I'm just enjoying going to the Arsenal, watching the Arsenal on the TV, and being just being a support when we're doing this type of football. So I'm not putting pressure on myself or pressure. On, just enjoy it. I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, just enjoy it. I think apart from City, I haven't seen anybody play this season yet that I don't feel we can beat. You know, I think we can beat all of them on their present form and their present form. So apart from City, I don't think, um, you know, we've just got to keep the players fit. And, you know, we, we've already lost two players through injury. You know, we just need to make sure that we don't lose anybody else, you know. If Tierney goes down, we've lost Zinchenko and Tierney, then it starts, mm. you know, you end up with Zappa playing at left back and, you know, all this stuff to happen again, doesn't it? Um, Do we know? Tommy played at left back, didn't he, at the end at Fulham? So, um, mm. so yeah, you know, but, you know, I'm not seeing much movement, any more players coming in, only maybe one or two more going out. So, um, yeah, that's my that's only concern, really, is the injuries rearing their head again. Do we know how bad both players are? Uh, someone bumped into uh, the club doctor yesterday outside outside the stadium in his car. And he actually yeah. had a conversation with a fan. The fans recorded it and basically said, "No, nothing. There's nothing to worry about. Both players, just a precaution. We just, we do want to risk it. We thought, given the not day off, and we will reassess it and open it before Wednesday and see how things go." But no, like 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 Wednesday, Wednesday then, yeah. But going by what the, the um, O'Driscoll said, yeah. Literally, is a slight little niggle from both players. Nothing to worry about. Again, it's just they'd rather not risk them, even on the bench, than bring them on. It was mm. more of a 
We've got probably got the depth in them positions now. Let them have the duck and day off. Let them rest up. And um, between now and obviously Wednesday now, coming on Monday and reassess things before yeah. uh, Tuesday's uh, press conference. And then obviously I mean, Wednesday's match. I mean, from next month, I mean, was it from the first? We're, we're back on three games a week again, aren't we? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah literally. We've got, Villa, uh, sorry, we've got Villa this Wednesday, United on Sunday. Then our first group game in the Europa League the following Thursday. And it just, as you say, it's then another group game a week Wednesday. later. And then it's two week gap and another group group, group games, except it just comes thick and starts coming thick and fast. Yeah. Have we got Thank United you, already on Sunday? Yeah, May United on this May United this Sunday, yeah. Wow. This Sunday coming. Got Villa, yeah, Villa midweek at home, then to Manchester. And then it's the first Europa League game after that on Thursday. But, but we got United at home, yeah. We're playing yeah, away, away, away. We're playing Man United away. Yeah, yeah. Manchester. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they'll sign five new players by then, won't they? The way well, the thing is, players. you know, they're, 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 they, 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 <laughs> we, you know, like like Steve said, I don't really fear them, but at the same time, you know, it looks like Ten Hag is getting them a bit more in line now, isn't he? Oh, so to say that, I mean, they beat Liverpool yesterday on Monday. Sorry, just interrupt. They beat Liverpool. You're thinking that, that you've, you've won a big derby game, Liverpool. You've basically ended their ended their season before it started in terms of the league title as well. At home, you, you, everything's going on. You've got Casemiro coming in. They went one nil up eventually yesterday in the second half, and, it's, and I've, I'm watching the game, and it's like Southampton. Were like, I feel sorry for I felt sorry for Southampton at full time. They sort of got something out of that game because they, yeah, they let them off. They let them off. Yeah. They're so wasteful, but Man United just got the one-nil lead instead of going for the juggernaut. It was just like we'll sit back and protect what we got now. It was and a very good goal. Very good goal. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good goal. Don't get me wrong, but to them, to we, just, we just have this. We just have this ability to go to Manchester. You know, it's, happened, it's, it's happened a few times in recent years where you know we we're, we're better than Manchester United. But so we go, we, we go to Old Trafford, and you know, it just it's 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 hard. You know, it's really hard, isn't it, Old Trafford? Well, Liverpool mm-hmm. found out, you know. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, it'll be a tough game, and the Man United we play on that Sunday will be a different Man United to what's been playing the last four games. Yeah. You know, they've got Leicester during midweek as well, so that might help us out a bit. Well, Leicester, Bob, <laughs> <me. laughs> well, it should do. I mean, Leicester's not. Leicester should be a tougher side than Southampton, but I don't know. Mm. Brendan Rodgers seems to be really shit in the bed now. Well, he's he's the first manager to go, um, Gerard or Rodgers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Leicester Probably. bottom of the league. I mean, Aston Villa seems to be in a nosedive, which is good for us on Wednesday. But it's um, it's hope it is. Yeah. No complacency, do we, from the players? No, no, kind of no, no. basic, just for the top of the league with four wins out of four. Can't be complacent, though. No, just take it game one game at a time. Yeah, exactly. That's what you can do. You know, that's it. One game at a time. And like Steve, the chat, the Arsenal Misfit says it's. I'll put, put it on the screen here. If I read out for the audio listeners as well. He's saying it's nice to go into the games now, not dreading what will happen, knowing we we will actually have a chance in every match. It's, it's a nice feeling. Yeah. And again, we said this earlier. It is. It's so refreshing. It's, it's uncomfortable to get used to again, but I'm enjoying it for what it is. They say, take it as you said, take it one game at a time. 
that's, and that's all we can do this season, especially if a World Cup slap bang in the middle of the first half of the season. Because mm. you know we've got, the World Cup's going to come along. We have, we have like the Partey, uh, Saka, the Sackers of this world, Ramsdales, and whoever else is qualified for the World Cup. Go to the World Cup. One of them, at least one of them, is going to get injured. Mm. You know it's going to happen. Mm. So we need to prepare, for, prepare ourselves for that. And obviously, the, the window closes on Thursday this week. The window. Yeah. So we do yeah. need to, either way, if that's some maybe is that the equation, then we need to go and get ourselves another. I don't care if it's Tiedemans or whoever. We do need to get another midfielder in the in the door for to cover ourselves in the case of an eventuality of injuries. So we actually have decent backup or competition for said places in midfield, and we don't have the same situation we had last January, where the Congress has thrown under the bus. Yeah, yeah. Because that doesn't help him at all. Yeah, but it's just a question of well, we've got four days to find two players. Yeah. It's, it's doable. Of, it's doable. Yeah, of course it's doable, but are they available? Yeah. You know. It's more, it'd be more so the price as well. How <coughs> many days, as you say, four days after the window, price that means the price will go up now. To what it might, yeah, might have been before. Go. We've let Pepe go. Reese Nelson's picked up an injury. Mm. So again, you know, Marquinez is doesn't look like he's ready to play in the Premier League yet. Might be wrong, but... Mm. Uh, that there's there's no real backup to um Saka unless you're gonna put ESR then, you know, play Smith Rowe right wing back or right wing, so to speak. So so already we sort of could be a bit thin with a colour of injury. So you know, that's that's a concern. But certainly our first team, our first eleven is as good as anybody's currently at Bar City, possibly. Yeah. The City have a weakness, you know, they're they're a bit weak at the back. You yeah. can get at them by playing directly. You know, Crystal Palace played directly and got at them and scored two goals and, and they had a couple of other chances as well. I mean, you can get at them by playing directly, and which is which is basically the way we play. Mm, um, yeah. The problem is they've they've just got so much firepower and they're so relentless when they get going. I mean, with you got De Bruyne, you got Gundogan, you've got Bernardo Silva, you got um Haaland. Haaland, you know, you just you got you got four or five players, all of them can score. You know, it's it's so hard to play against. Well they've won the league two, like, two years in a row, basically without the number nine, haven't they? Really? Yeah. And now they've and now got, they got one. Nine. And he scored <laughs> yeah. he scored six. He scored six goals six already. <laughs> he scored six goals in four games. But they're behind us in the league. But they're behind yeah. us, and they haven't played, he hasn't faced a real competition yet, Sam. <laughs> he hasn't faced that competition yet. Can't can't judge him unless it's a real competition. He hasn't come up against. I just want. I just want. I just want. I want Saliba to just you know. I just want Saliba to just stick him in his place. <laughs> and that's, and that's the thing as well. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, Saliba's a folk hero already, isn't he? You just imagine mm. if he shuts out Arlen. Arlen's going to, he's going to go up, to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to try and get onto Gabriel because Gabriel, yeah. he could probably get a bit better, the better of Gabriel. But I just want Saliba to just take control and say, look, I've got Arlen. This is my, this is my guy. This is my bitch. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, but this is the thing about sorry to touch on Saliba, we'll bring him bring him into now. I mean, four games and he's twenty one years old, he's been on loan 
So Marseille last year, Nice half a season before, and then obviously St Etienne before that. And we, this time last year, we were all going off on one, pretty much going, oh, clearly Arteta doesn't like him, he doesn't want him, he's just running down the clock and trying to get rid of him one way or the other. Again, another masterclass from Arteta in terms of getting him out there, getting him the game time to eke out any sort of major mistakes in him and let him learn his trade elsewhere. And he's come back. He looks like a 21-year-old, a complete... Obviously, he isn't, isn't complete, but he looks the complete signing. He's... His awareness, his overall gameplay is just he's quick. He's quick. Who's fully experienced, fully elite defender. He's only 21. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Incredible, really. I mean, he celebrates yesterday for the winning goal as well. For someone who doesn't want to be here, apparently, according to the media. Um, yeah. So there's a, a different story, I think. <laughs> if, uh, someone on Twitter. Put a, last night, late last night, and a, like a split screen of Saliba up to the camera going like that, and Maradona in the next room from World Cup night, Italia uh, ninety. It's like I wonder if I've seen that before, and obviously with Saliba going like that. Oh. <laughs> but I just love, I love the passion he's shown already. He's, he's in the club, he's bedded in, he, he's bought into the system already, and he's already feeding off the fans, and he's loving obviously the fans with the, the song as well. Just, just made things even better for him to settle in, and I think that's. Again, Has he, um, brilliant. Do we know anything about the rumours? Has he actually signed a new contract, or is that still? Well, a few weeks ago, before the season, yeah, for, sorry, a few weeks ago before the season started, his uh, management team was at, was spotted outside the training facilities filming a video or something like that. And I think because of his brand, his number, his brand number is number two, W uh, William Sadiba two. So I think they're waiting. To, to make the announcement because obviously Bellingham's still on the books, he's on number two. So I think they're trying to get Hector out one way or the other. Then they can announce announce him new contract, new number, because when we've got to Wednesday to do it, otherwise silly we're stuck with number twelve for the rest of the season. Mm. So I think what that's is- the case. I think it's based based on that branding situation. Otherwise it would have been announced by now. What is quite strange. Do you think he signed it then? Do you think he signed it? Oh, I would think so, yeah. It would be it would be out if he signed it. It'd definitely be out if he signed it. Now, mm. what is strange about the Saliba situation? I think if Arteta has played his cards perfectly well, and he thought you know he needs a couple of years on loan, and I'm getting back this year, and this is when he's going to really step up, and people see how really good this guy is. Why on earth did he buy Ben White? Well, mm. that's a good question. Uh, Ben White can play in more than one position. We did need to strengthen mm. the the, the defence in more than you know one player. So, I also just think he looked at what he had and thought we need better. You know, Saliba's mm. not. He's thinking Saliba's not quite ready, and we just need better than what we have. I mean, Pablo Marie obviously wasn't doing well. Uh, you know, holding. You know, he's probably thinking we can do better than holding. Um, you know, and, and like Steve said, he can play right back as well, can't he? So, mm. ish, you know, but yeah, ish, yeah. Ish. he's not the yeah, it's not he, 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 can, he can play the position, it doesn't mean he plays it well. What I'm saying, the question why I ask it, you know, we we cried out for another midfielder, defensive midfielder, yeah. and we spent 50 million on a center half, but. We know the next season we could have this young kid coming through. Yeah, you're right. In terms of priority, in terms of priority, I I agree with you. It's wrong. Um, 
We should oh. have prioritised the midfield more than than them getting Ben White. And I agree, it's, it's still strange to me how we're not buying someone who can cover for Parta. I mean, he's obviously he's looking at El Nenny and saying El Nenny can do a job, but we we need to find someone who can jump in and do a similar role to Partey when Partey can't play. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, thing is, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But you need two players for each position. And mm. as a four, we've got, with holding, we've got four players and we can play back four, four you know, centre-backs. You know, you've got your two right-backs, two left-backs. So that's pretty solid, isn't it? And Ben White can play more than one position. Tommy's shown he can play if necessary, on the left and the right. And he can play centre-back as well. So, you know, it does give you a lot of options. And who knows, Tommy could play in the party position. You know, yeah, I mean, we've, got, we've, got a lot of flexi- I mean, we've got a lot of flexibility he's there. Physicality and he's got the nouse about him. So, you know, I don't know. No, we've got, we've, got, we've got a lot of flexibility there with several of the players, which I think is part of the thinking behind them, you know, that as well, knowing that they can play several positions if needed. But the thing with... With Partey is he's so key. I mean, he's so key to the way we play, in terms of you know. Then we only have one holding player, and and he can get forward a bit as well because he's so good. You know, uh, uh, you know, dynamic. He can get forward and go back. Um, you know, we don't need that double pivot. You know, but the thing is, when we play with El Nenny, it changes the whole makeup of the midfield because El Nenny can't do what Thomas Partey does, and then he just holds, sits back, doesn't really get forward. And then Xhaka has to go deeper. Instead of Xhaka going forward, which he's been able to do lately with Partey, it's been it's given Xhaka that lease to go forward and stay forward a lot more together with Erdogan. Um, you know, with Elneny, it means Xhaka has to stay back a lot more and it changes the whole makeup of our midfield, which makes our attack less dynamic. So that's why... You know, it's with Partey, it's a whole different ball game, and we should really have a player who is not necessarily as good as Partey, but at least can play a similar type of role where we don't need to change the whole makeup of our midfield if Partey is injured. Hmm. And to be fair, he's been injured probably half the time he's been with us, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's, he's injured you know, a lot. So we've had to play with lots mm. of different players in that position anyway. So, you know, I. It's a tough one, but we certainly haven't got any a straightforward like for like placement. Um, and I don't think we'll get one because I don't think they're looking at that position this side of um Wednesday. Yeah, it's tough. It'd be interesting to see if we're it'd be interesting to see if we're working on getting in anyone, for example, maybe another right winger or maybe another midfielder. I don't know, but it's it'd be interesting to see if we do get that somewhere. But we're most likely to see maybe an extra. One or two players go out the door. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Going to be, close, be, uh, be a very sort of um, interesting last few days of the transfer window, isn't it? As always. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we've done a lot of business this summer. This business, yeah. this summer, we've done a lot of business. That that list of players who have gone is just massive. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's still a couple more to go, isn't there? Yeah. But it's been the right players as well. It's not just been players that didn't need to go. It's players that actually did their time was up. There's no way. I mean, we've seen Pepe just gone recently. He clearly thought 
Arteta's completely lost faith of him. He wasn't even playing in, as a sub in the first few games before we got rid of him on loan to um, Nice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's letting go letting go of players that make sense that are we're not just holding on to him for the sake of holding on to him now. Well, Bellerin's yeah, not going to come back. Bellerin's not going to come back. No, they've made a decision about Maitland-Niles. He's not going to come back. So you're basically getting yeah. that are not playing. Bellerin's contract is Bell. How long has Bellerin got left contract? I think he's got one year left. He's off so to buy next, out. Not not this summer, but next summer. Next summer. Right? Next summer yeah. Yeah, because it's this talk. I mean, he you know he wants to terminate his contract, and Arsenal won't let him do it. No, because basically, he wants to go to Real Batista. Batista want him. Yeah. Batista aren't willing to pay with it fifteen million pound for yeah. him, but they're willing mm-hmm. to pay over fifteen million pound for all other signings. So where's the speaking nice fuck yeah? If you, got, if you want him, <laughs> if you really want him, you're going to pay for him. Yeah, fair dues. No, I just understand from Arsenal's perspective. Absolutely, I'm just saying, uh, you know, uh, Bellerin is expecting to be able to be able to terminate his contract when Arsenal. You know, rightfully saying, no, listen, you got a year left in your contract. We're not terminating that. We want some money for you, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how that plays out because the problem is um, Bellerin only wants Batiste. You know, he's he's, mm. he's he's saying no to other clubs who have come in for him. He only wants to go to Real Batiste, which is a bit of an issue, isn't it? Well, it is because there's probably mm. other clubs, but there's not a lot of money in Europe, is there? I mean... You know, spending 15 million on Bellerin, there's not many clubs that probably could do that in Europe. No, no, so Forest probably do that. I think they've signed about 16 players. <laughs> Jesse Lingard, like Jesse Lingard of Forest, just it just looks so stupid. Out of place. It? Like, uh, it just looks like so out, out of place there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't there rumors that they're looking at that actually Forest are actually looking at Ainsley as well. I don't mind. Anyway, as I say, as I say, Forest are spending just throwing money at the wall and hoping it stays it stick. So, Forest, if you, Forest, I don't know if you're listening. Forest are terrible in attack. That's the thing. They're terrible. They're very, yeah, they're very toothless. They've, got, they've gone for players. The book players yeah. in, but it's just the, the book plays in and in, in the attack that aren't experienced of the league. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. going to probably what will backfire unless they can get someone in. Ace, just someone, just someone has that spearhead. Has yeah. a bit of experience just to help the, new, the newbies settle into the league, but also knows what the goal is. Mm. Yeah. Also, if you're Lewis grabbing at Nottingham Forest and you've been a big part of them coming up, and now you're literally just seeing other players coming, yours are there, not even on the bench. You're thinking, what the fuck? All this hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and what was it? Um, the Atletico Madrid left back, I think he's left back, wing back, whatever. Uh, he was in the crowd today. Apparently, there's a loan move happening there with him going to Nottingham Forest because he's fallen out of Simeone because he wants more game time because obviously the World Cup around the corner. Um, another thing of what, to go and touch, touch on us and incomings, I think Leicester, we've keep going back to teamers, but where we've where Leicester are in terms of not just positional but where they are as a, as a club, we've got Fofano on the verge of literally signing, signing any day now for Chelsea, uh, for £85 million award if it was in the end. Uh, you've got, you've got, we've had teamers and wanted to leave. Has wanted to leave Leicester for the last year. He knows we want we want him. He now wants to come to us. Why don't we just put the final nail in? The, why can't we just go out there in the next few days, put that final nail in the coffin of Brendan Rodgers' coffin, and nab him? And then the <laughs> aftermath, the aftermath, just go, and we just we don't care because we've got we've got what we want in the, in the end. When 
Because yeah, why not? I've why said not? about Leicester as well. They're very stuck. Yeah, they're very stubborn in their negotiating for the players. But the guys, in this situation, sorry, they're, they're out of the three parties involved. They're in the weakest position possible because they've got a player who doesn't want to be there, hasn't wanted to be there for the last year. It's publicly known. You've got a club that's interested. He wants to come to that club. Yeah, he's got one year left on his contract. It's so it's 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 is that a position where it's take what we're offering you, or you're going to lose him for sweet nothing? Well, this is this is this is the interesting thing because it could that is the type of deal that could happen, for, you know, quite late into the window, yeah, in the window. Because what you're doing is you're pressuring uh, Leicester into making a deal because they, like you say, they know Tielemann wants to go. You know, they they know he wants to go to Arsenal. Well, they know Arsenal are willing to pay some money for him, but they want to hold out for what is it, 25, 30 million, which they think 30, he's 35 worth. million apparently, but we'll we've offered 20. But I bet you, I bet you on, on deadline day, what could very well happen is we could go in, uh, Edu could make a call to Leicester and say, We'll give you we'll give you 20 million. Take mm-hmm. it or leave it. You know, yeah. the, the guy you're you're either gonna get 20 million today. And you're going to get some money for him, or he's that's it, you're going to lose him for free. It's a yeah, come to us anyway, so you oh, know, there's nobody do else. You want, do you want 20 million, or do you want him to go for free? That is the type of pressure we could put on them on deadline day, yeah, yeah. And there's nobody else in for him, is there, as far as I know? No, no, not that well, he wants to go to Arsenal, from what I can yeah. tell, he wants to come yeah. to us, so we're in the driving seat, and apparently. Again, you know, this all everything's all we don't really know what's really true or not. But apparently, you know, we've we've had all the, you know, all the all the details, the salary, and everything's been agreed for a long time. You know, so it's just a matter of, you know, the issue with the club getting him sold from the club. So mm. yeah, that that's that's something that could happen on deadline day because before deadline day, you're not going to have the pressure. You know, you're not going to have the leverage. Not as a selling club, you're not. No, no, no. No, exactly, and that's that's my whole thing. Basically, yeah, both player and buying club are in a high, better position than the selling club in this situation. We've got to take advantage of that. I mm. think the fact that we are, as a club, from the outside looking in, even if you're a rival looking in, we're on the up. We're actually look. We're going forward. We're we're going in a progressive in a progressive state of mind. And that's, a, that's appealing to any player, even though we're not in Champions League yet. There's a, we're, we're clearly going in the right direction. Players, players will buy into that. And plus, we're in London. We're in London as well. We are, we are the biggest club in London. I don't care what anyone says. We are the biggest club. I don't care. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we just have that pool. We have that pool again. I mean, that's, I mean, Leicester, are, you know, one of the favourites for Championship football next season, aren't they? The way they're going. The way they're playing, yeah. They're bottom of the league. They can't even tell me Chelsea. Players, best players wanting to leave, you know, and you could probably put Everton in that bracket. Well, well. they're struggling for money, aren't they? Apparently, apparently from, what, from what I've been reading, Leicester are struggling a bit financially. They're not quite there where they used to be with the money and everything. So they want to sell a couple of players to generate some money. Now, if they manage to get Fafana sold now for, what, 70, 80 million, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a real scramble to try and buy maybe a few players, one or two players, mm. before the mm. end of the window. They obviously want to try and spend that money, and then they're obviously gonna to want to try and get some money for. Surely they're gonna to want to try and get some money for Tielemann instead of letting him go for free. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans mm. out. 
over the years, over the last four or five years, Leicester have done the best transfer dealings ever, most buying and selling. How much money oh, have they made? Some real shrewd purchases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Big money they've sold for to Chelsea. Yeah. Just Chelsea alone must have given them, what, half a billion quid for players? Yeah. Mm. They were the guy they bought, Sam. They never played for him. The midfielder. Drink water. Oh, Danny Drinkwater. Drink water. Yeah. I think they paid 35 for him. Yeah. yeah. He went to Tom Chelsea and disappeared. Well, <laughs> and now he's a free agent and no one wants him. Yeah. He evaporated. Yeah, Danny Drinkwater evaporated. He condensed into nothing. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't think he's even playing now, is he? He's not he was a good no, player. He's a free agent. He was a yeah. good player for Leicester in the season. Obviously, he got a lot of clout the season they won the well, league because he was yeah. a vital player. Well, they league. bought him on that, didn't they? Yeah, they, exactly. bought him on that. they bought him on that and they, they never played him. And that's it. Now he can't get a game, can he? Because like, he to Aston Villa, Burnley and all that. And now he's a free agent. No one wants him. Yeah. He hasn't <laughs> played for two years, has he? No. Three I think years. that if, if Leicester... No, 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 Forrest will take him. Forrest will take him, probably. <laughs> yeah, of course. If, if uh, Leicester in trouble for money, then something has gone wrong with that club the last few years. Because mm. their PL must be through the roof. Schmeichel yeah. went, but I didn't see that coming. Schmeichel left, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's telling, isn't it? That's telling. That's, I mean, that is, that is uh, you know, I would, I would have thought he would have stayed, but him going is a bit surprising, to be honest. And then they're going yeah. to replace, replace him with, with the number two that wasn't even good enough to push him for number one in the first place. Yeah. And Danny Ward. Not it, shows you, it, shows you it shows you they're struggling a bit, you know, it really does. They'll yeah. be able to get on a free transfer. They'll probably have to be able to get Harry Maguire a free transfer in the next couple of days. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I've actually seen Nesta fans, we've got things that and get predictions for Wednesday. I've actually seen Nesta fans tweet out, would you take Harry Maguire back? As he's as he's now fallen out of favour at Man United. I'm like, I'm, well, yeah, I'm but not for 80 million. No, all I'm taking about for one P. <laughs> Let alone 18 fucking million. Jesus. He's I wouldn't want him back. I wouldn't back full. If I was an asset, I wouldn't want him back full stop. Yeah, he's just a walking mistake, isn't he? He, just, he has to make a mistake every game. I mean, mate, yeah. Shocking, really. Shocking. He'll probably go to the World Cup, though, won't he? Oh, oh yeah, because Southgate oh, loves him. Really Southgate loves the guy. Southgate's a good judge, you know that. Yeah. They reckon yes. the next move for Southgate's going to be the old Bayes, a good judge. He'll be literally, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be putting the swath of the World Cup, old Bayes slabhead, Ridge will even fucking call in the freezer. He'll put the World Cup squad in. Gareth will be arsed. He won't, he won't even play between now and the, the squad being announced. He won't even get, he won't even play probably a game, probably. So, Gareth, he hasn't played the next like, two and a half months. Why have you picked him? Well, he's never let me down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought exactly. we only pick players on form. Well, you have to be playing to be on form, doesn't yeah. you? Exactly. International <laughs> form. No, he's going to pick the same old players. He, he's got that squad. He loves that squad. And he's going to pick Calvin them. Phillips, Decton Rice. They'll yeah. all be back, won't they? <laughs> yeah. Rashford. You know, they'll all be back. Yeah. Uh, Stefan is saying about, obviously, we're talking about Leicester. Uh, there's rumours going around, apparently, that Maguire could be going back for £40 million. Pound. No, I think United is too big a gig for him. <laughs> got to be putting our well, legs. You've got to think no about it, right? If if they sell Fofana now, they're going to need a centre half. 
Well, he needs so, to you know, yeah. maybe they will go back for Maguire. But I think Maguire, I think Maguire is going to stay at United because he's, he's. I think he's happy there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, on the money he's on, no matter how exactly. much, the money he's, he's, he's captain as well, isn't he? Well, he's been captain yeah. sometimes. You know, he's, he's a club yeah. captain still. He's been captain, yeah. even though he has been dropped for the last couple of games now. Ten Hag came and said, "No, I inherited him, but he's as a as club captain. I want to keep him as a club captain." That was in pre-season. Since then, Maguire's shown his true colours and Ten mm. Hag's thinking, uh, shit, what have I done? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, oh, I mean, he, he can just stick him on the bench and if somebody wants to give him 40 million, he might take that, mightn't he? He's got a five-foot-nothing centre-back now, so he should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to wrap things up this end. Um, Mel, we're going to get the uh, predictions for Wednesday. So we'll start with Melvin because he's got to go ASAP now. I've got to go so Wednesday, Wednesday night at home to Villa. 2 0. We're going to win 2 0, boys. Pessimistic. Okay. Uh, Sam? Yeah, I reckon um, I reckon a 2 0 as well. I do. Yeah, I think we'll win that game. And Steve? Oh, I'm going to, well, top of the league, I'm going to go 3 0. Oh, 3 0. Top, top, top three, bottom, 3 0. There you go. Yeah. I'm gonna say not only are we top of the league four ga- four games four wins, we're playing a piss a piss poor as it stands. As long as we don't get complacent, by the way, the players wise, um, piss poor Aston Villa, piss poor a piss poor Steven Gerrard. I'm going for a four at least four nil win. Ooh. Ooh. Lovely. We're at home. We're, we're at home. We haven't lost. We haven't dropped any points yet. We're playing against a team that a team that lost a game against West Ham. Is struggling already. They lost to Bournemouth from match day one. Gerard is pulling out of Tyrone Mings and basically publicly slating Tyrone Mings left, right, and centre. Yeah. It's causing the, it's clearly causing the rift because the performances are saying saying that basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I as long as the players don't get as long as the players don't aren't complacent and and going oh we've already on the pitch we've, we've already won before balls being kicked sort of scenario. Yeah, I expect nothing more, nothing less than a four 0 win. Mm, interesting because, because we're at home the main thing is we are at home yeah and it's under the lights first game of the season under the lights as well our fans are up, could be up for it it's going to be a it's going to be a game where Martinez will be thinking why did I leave for Villa I thought Villa was a bigger, bigger club I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the interview where he got the annual interview from him going my life was a miserable was seeing that Arsenal Arsenal's, it's Arsenal's fault that my uh, my medals went missing <laughs> well, at least he won a medal. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, got the uh, Arsenal Misfits saying two 0 win as well in the chat. So the few are going for two 0 being cautious with the uh, the predictions there. It's fair enough, but I'm I'm saying I'm saying it as it is. Stephen George is a shit manager. He's been exposed now, <clears throat> and and Villa as a whole are shit, and we should be bumping them at home. And I think this, this, this is a thing we're going to come accustomed to this season where the teams that aren't playing well, when they come up home or away, when we come up against them, we will thump. Can, can mm. I say before, before I, I go, uh, records were made to be broken, all right? All these records, all these things tie up lovely, they sound beautiful. I'm not saying records will be broken on Wednesday, but records are made to be broken. Yeah, right, I'll see you soon. Nice to see you, mate. I'll see you, you know, soon. Nice to see you, mate. Have a good one. Cheers, Melvin. Bye.
and yeah, with that, we're going to go. So, yeah, thanks to Melvin, obviously, Steve, Sam, and everyone else in the chat. There yeah. are some misfit, Mr. Bungle, Steph fan, the Ipswich fan, even though you got a bit upset with obviously the Ipswich bottling it, um, their win yesterday. That was sort of been their win <laughs> uh, against, was it a plane? Was it Barnsley they were playing yesterday at home? Or oh, wait, I can't remember. I don't really care if I'm being brutally honest. Um, no disrespect to Ipswich, but yeah. You, you fucked my bet up. The only, that, the only team that let me down with my bet, so fuck it, switch. <laughs> Can't trust oh. them. Can't trust them. <laughs> the one time I put them on my bet this season, they fucking draw. Bastards. But with that, yeah. the audio for this, guys, will be up in the next 30 to 40 minutes. You want to listen to this back, or you want to, whatever, during the week, between now and Wednesday, listen to this back. You know, if you come off a through or whatever. The audio will be up in the next half hour on all the audio platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, except all, all the, and all the uh, podcasting platforms, basically. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check, if you want, if you want to spread the word on that as well, that'd be greatly appreciated. If you're new to the channel, do subscribe, do smash that like button, and do share the, con- share the content around. And we will be back now on probably Tuesday for a Wednesday, sorry, for the um, match day watch along. So hopefully have Gary available for toast, hopefully. We have a few few guests to take uh, help him through, through that as well. Because again, I am at the game on Wednesday, so it won't be me. Hopefully, as I say, hopefully touch wood, Gary is available. We need to confirm that with him in a minute. So keep an eye out for that. And then Thursday, 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 Thursday we'll do a podcast again on Thursday. Basically, we've be a a sort of review slash preview review of Wednesday night's game. So that's the transfer win- window ending. Touching on May United on in the last half of the after the podcast. Touching on May United on for the Sunday game, and then obviously match the day on Saturday. Then Sunday the big main event. Going to that lot and finally hopefully touch wood, knocking them on their edge, knocking that fucking jinx off its fucking perch. Because I'm fed up going to Manchester United doing that their weakest and losing to them still. So hopefully we can go there and put them in their place because I'm seeing a lot of since they won on Monday night, a lot of main night fans on the platform on this platform be go out of chess and going, they're gonna we're gonna give them a good humbling and all that. That we're back. I'm like, mate, behave yourself, go away. <laughs> so yeah, until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes, guys, we'll see you soon. As always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Take care, Fred. Take care. Good night.